Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. So parenthood is one of those industries that really have no claim to fame, too. Uh, Parenthood is one of those things that uh, all of us at some point, uh, God willing, will experience or will be a part of. Whether you are a parent in the thick of raising your kids, or if you're like myself, you have raised your kids mostly, uh, and they're kind of on their own and kind of empty nesters, or if you're a grandparent and you're raising grandkids, uh, that's a whole nother level, a whole nother uh, thing to, to work through. Or if you're, do not, if you're not a parent, but God will bless you to either have your own children or to adopt a child, lots of ways to have children, lots of children out there who need a good home. Uh, you might be that to have a foster family, whatever. Whatever the, the, that God has for you and currently or in your future, this is for you. This is a message for every single person in this room because the two principles I'm going to give you today are principles that all of us can apply to our life, whether we're a parent or not. But when we look at Scripture today, we're going to see where God specifically is talking to parents about these two principles. Um, Parenthood is one of those things. If you raise kids, kids learn different lessons at different times. Um, I have uh, Kevin 7. This is a Kevin 7 list of the top seven things that kids have learned and told their parents they've learned in life. So uh, see if you can uh, relate to this. First, number seven is this. Um, you can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. Kids learned you can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. They also learned never hold a cat and a dustbuster at the same time. Now, those of you who know a dustbuster is a hand vacuum, and they'll go absolutely crazy. Another one is uh, <laughs> puppies still have bad breath even after you give them Tic Tacs. That's what kids have learned. Kids have learned you can't trust a dog to watch your food, right? Uh, Here's another one. If your sister hits you, don't hit them back because they always catch the second person, right? That's another lesson that they learn. Uh, Number two, uh, when your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. (laughs) That's just smart right there. And my favorite one is this. This is a lesson that kids have learned. Um, No matter how hard you try, you cannot baptize a cat. Some of you get that later. All right. So different lessons that you learn. Uh, Parenthood is a challenging task. What's interesting about parenthood is when I buy a car or I get a radio or I get electronics, I get my cell phone, uh, they come with this thing called the user's manual. And in the user's manual, it tells you everything you need to do to keep that working at an optimal level or to treat it right, take care of it, um, make sure it lasts a long time. Uh, so they, they, it's interesting that we get these manuals when we get cars and we get radios and we get TVs and we get our cell phones and we get furniture even has a manual of how to take care of things. But it's interesting that when it comes to kids, we literally have them, the doctor gives them to us and says, Good luck. Enjoy how you raise that child. There's really no manual except the Bible to raise kids anywhere at any time in our history or even today. Now, let me say this really quick before I jump into today's message and and get into it. It 
You may be sitting there and you may be looking at me and go, what authority do you have to talk to me about parenthood? Okay, that may be what you're saying today, and I can understand, understand your skepticism, and, uh, and I get it. Uh, I have raised two kids. Now, to me, they're amazing kids. They're incredible kids. They're better than your kids because they're my kids, right? Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, and so with that being said, I'll say that's one part that I have, but I have another thing. Uh, a few years ago, the WPC gathered together and voted on something. That's the World Parenting Council. Uh, they got together. You didn't know such a thing, but they got together and they voted on who would be the greatest father. And I don't mean to say this braggingly, just a way to let you know my credentials. I received such an award uh, a few years ago. Here it is. I don't want to show it off, but here's uh, from my kids, the world's greatest father. The world's greatest father from the World Parenting Council. Uh, I'm I cherish this, uh, given to me, and, uh, and I'm sure that found on a shelf, I mean, bought, purchased very expensively somewhere. Does anybody else have this World's Greatest Father Award? Anybody else in the house? Therefore, I am the authority of this today to speak to you about it. I'll just set it here to remind you, my kids love me more than you do. Your kids do. I think they found it at Dollar Tree. I don't really know. Oh, Universal Student. Thank you, baby. She paid up for that. That's a paid up pre present right there. Oh, wow. It's, now the story's... Lily, would you... We, uh, raising kids can be, uh, can be joyful. It can be painful. It can be a celebration. And it can be sometimes miserable. Highs and lows, ups and downs, ins and outs. And those of you who are parents say amen. amen. Right? You've been through the whole gauntlet of parenting and maybe you have raised kids and you've got them out of the house successfully and they somehow found their way back home. Or maybe you are in the middle of raising kids or maybe you're just having kids. You have little ones running around. It's a, it, it, parenting is a beautiful gift from God, yet sometimes we don't see it as a gift. We go, what have you done? And where did this demon child come from, right? Uh, that's just sometimes how it is. Mark Twain said this way, those of you who don't know who he is, famous author, he said this, he said, kids are great until they're 13. When they're 13, you stick them in a barrel and you seal it up with only, and feed them through the knot hole up front. He said, then at 16, close the knot hole up and forget about them. <laughs> sometimes we feel that way, right? There's so many different challenges up and down. Well, today... I want to talk to you about parents and all of us. What is our priority as a parent? What are we supposed to do as parents? I want to talk about the parent's priority. Turn to your neighbor and say, a parent's priority. The key thought you want you to walk away with, no matter what I say, no matter what goes on today, here's your key thought today. A parent's priority is this, to gradually transfer dependency from the parent to make sure that it goes away from them and it rests solely on God. This is the parent's priority. The parent's priority is to gradually release them to God and trust that God, who is the creator of them, will take care of them and watch over them. And this is the challenge. Because the fact is, as parents, we sometimes 
develop our identity through our kids. And their successes become our successes because why? They're our kids. Their victories are our victories. Their defeats are our defeats. And we almost become ingrained to almost become one with our kids, but we're not to be one with our kids. We are to allow God, them to be one with God and God alone. So this is the goal. This is the determination that we are going to do is to transfer and release them to God gradually as they grow up to entrust them to the one who created them. Where do I get this from? Well, we're going to look at the Old Testament today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5. We're going to just touch base on a few verses there, and then we're going to skip over to chapter 6 and finish out the rest of today's message. Deuteronomy chapter 5, let me give you context to understand what Moses is saying right here. First off, it's just after Moses comes down, he's been given the Ten Commandments, the Ten rules that are to govern the entire Jewish community. The Ten Commandments have been given to him. And one of those Ten Commandments was to honor your father and mother. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Very important. And this is what Moses was telling and he, what he taught the people. And this is probably one of the greatest lessons and teachings that Moses said to the Jewish people. Here's what he said. He said, Uh, There are these commands, these decrees, these laws from God that are to direct you and teach you to observe in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that, here's why, so that when you cross over your children and their children after them may fear the Lord. Now stop right there. Fear. When we say fear, we think of intrepidation. We think of a crumbling, like, oh, no, don't hit me. That's not what this fear is. This fear translated is respect. It's honor. It's out of reverence for who God is. So we're to teach them to reverence the Lord in a holy way as long as you live. Father God, help us today to hear the word, to receive the word, to be transformed by it, God, I pray that you will help us as followers of Christ to honor you, to reverence you, to live in such a way that's glorifying to you, God. Whatever we do in our workplace, in our home, in our community, that we would honor you with everything that we have. Help us to listen to these words we're going to hear today and apply them to our lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. So we as Christ followers, as we teach our kids, as we train them up, one of the greatest trainings, one of the greatest lessons we give them is this idea of reverencing God. Why? Because he's holy, because he's pure, because he's without any sin, because he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. God himself is a holy God. And we are to train our kids to respect and to reverence God in a very holy, God-fearing way, if I can say that. And I, I use fearing very loosely because we have translated fear, we're coming up on Halloween, we translate fear as scared. But we don't have to be fearful of God because when we honor him, we put him first in our life. And our goal is this, parents uh, and generations to come, 
realize that as parents and as uh, soon-to-be parents, as parents of the past and grandparents, the greatest gift we've been given is the idea and the, the power to change generations. We have been giving, given the authority and the power through raising, through mentoring, through loving, through helping other children, other teenagers that are going through hard times. We have been given this amazing opportunity to change generations. And that lies within every single one of us. Whether you're older or whether you're younger, you have been given this amazing opportunity to change lives. So I want to talk about two very important principles in that process of changing generations and changing lives. Here they are. Write these down if you're taking notes. Remember what I said last week? Uh, you forget within 72 hours uh, a lot of what I say. Unless you write it down, that bumps it up. So write it down. Follow along with me. Here's number one. First principle is this. Love our God. Every single one of us in this place are called to love God to love him with everything that is in us, no matter what. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says it this way, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5, love the Lord God, love the Lord God, say it with me, love the Lord God with what? With what? Say it louder. With all your heart and with all your, and with all your, Mind, body, soul, everything in us, loving God with all, with all. We're all in. As a Christ follower, we're all in to love God with all. To love God no matter what is going on around us. It doesn't say a percentage. It doesn't say Sunday mornings only. It doesn't say Wednesday nights when Bible study comes. It doesn't say when I'm in public and I can't beat them in Walmart, right? doesn't say that. It says to love the Lord God with all, all parts, all the time, in home, outside of home, in car, outside of car, in public, not in public, wherever it is, with all your heart. This is the challenge, and this is why parents and Christ followers this is so challenging to us to do this because there is a lot of things competing for the all in your life. Social media is competing for a part of your life. Relationships are competing for a part in your life. There are so many different things that are competing. That, that uh, new TV show that's binge-worthy is competing for a percent of your life. Now, I'm not at all saying that we have to become hermits and kind of sit around and become monks in monasteries and never do that, never be a part of that. But what I'm saying is this, what part does God have of your heart? What part does God have of your soul? What part does God have of your strength? Where is he at in your all? Because sometimes what happens, parents, if we're not careful with good intentions, we teach our kids to love God in a percentage way, if we're not careful. It's percentile. It's kind of like this. When you get a flu shot, uh, if you get a flu shot, they put a little bit of flu in that shot 
to make you immune when the flu season comes around, the flu comes around. You have an immunity built up to that flu. We do that at times, parents, if we're not careful, we do that with our kids. We make them immune to God, immune to his spirit, immune to his moving, because we don't build a culture of awe in our home. We don't pray together. We don't seek God together. We don't trust God together. When we do things, we do them on our own strength. We do them on our own. Uh, we do them with our own soul, what we want to do. And these are the things that if we're not careful, we transfer all that should be of God into all these other areas that distract us from truly who God is. So the first thing that we're going to do, we're going to be challenged to love God. Here's, here's a fault that I struggle with, that I have been through in the process in my past, is that as a father, my greatest desire is to provide for my family, provide financially, provide a safe home, provide a, a safe place for them to be. And we all do that. But what's challenging in all of our lives, if we're not careful, gentlemen, we're so busy providing that we miss out on some really great relational aspects that, we're, that we could have with our children. Uh, mothers are the same way. In our world today, you don't, you don't have just one parent working, you got two parents working because the economy is so challenging to make it work. So you got both parents working, so then it becomes, now it's not me provide or father provide or mom provide, it's we provide. And so we're providing so much and we're missing out on all this incredible things in our kids' lives because we have to work a job, we have to provide. And we're doing it with good intentions. We're doing it with good hearts. It's the right thing to do to provide for that. But the challenge is when we're with them, are we with them? When we connect, are we truly deeply going into that relationship? Because if we're not careful, parents, what happens is we shift from being Christ-centered and we become child-centered. We run our life not based on Jesus, but based on little Billy, our little Sally schedule. We overload them with soccer and ballet and and football schedules and, and gymnastics, and uh, we overload them with academics, and we, we pour it all on them, and we really think we're doing a great job, but we're missing out on the greatest thing, and that's this little one who's looking to you for so much love, affection, and connection in your time. So many times we find ourselves at fault for that, and we will do that and then all of a sudden find ourselves at a place where we have nothing or no relationship with our kids. And this is the challenge. How is that? How is it that we are with our family, but we're not with our family because we're distracted by other things around us? And this is the challenge, to love God with everything in us. Do you guys realize statistically, here's, a, here's a, a, an amazing statistic, that if adults grow up to be Christ followers, if they, get, they go through the formal years, they become Christ followers uh, by the miracle of God, let me give you some statistics. If mom and dad never go to church when they're growing up, only 6% of those kids will grow up to be Christ followers, 6% as adults. If Listen, if only mom goes to church and takes the kids to church, 15% of those kids will grow up 
and become Christ followers. So it jumps up. It's a, it's a, it's a great jump. But get ready for this one, gentlemen. This shows you the, the authority and the power that God has given us as men. If only dad takes them to church, not mom, only dad, look at this. It jumps up to 55% of kids will grow up and be Christ followers. That's a 40% increase, gentlemen, just by you engaging and encouraging and saying, come on, we're going to church, we're going to worship together, we're going to be a part of the community, praying together, doing devotions with them. 55%, but here's the most powerful one, if Mom and dad, get up, committed, walk with Christ, and go to church. 72% of those that grow up in those homes will find themselves as Christ followers. This shows us that your influence makes every bit of difference. Three-fourths of those growing up with a mom and dad going to church, through almost three-fourths of them find themselves worshiping God and going to church. That's why it's so important to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Parents, question I have for you is this. Do your kids know where your love is at? Do your kids know where your first love is at? Do your kids understand who you are? And who you are in public matches who you are in home. Do the shows you watch that they walk through, are they the ones that you want them to know that you're watching? The magazines that you read, the social media that you check out on. Here's a big one, the gossip that's talked about inside your home. Does that all go conducively to love God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength. How about this? Where your money is spent, where you invest your money. I'm not just talking about cars and houses. I'm talking about do you invest in the kingdom of God? Is it first priority? We honor God. We honor God with our tithe. We bring the first 10% in the storehouse of God because that is our priority. That is the way I show my love to God is by honoring God, by saying thank you for blessing me with 90% Here's your 10, and I just can't say enough, God, how much I love you. This is the love, God, with all, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. So number one, first thing is love our God. Second thing is this, we're going to lead our families. Turn to your neighbor and say, family. Whether you have a family, uh, a, uh, I'd say a, a biological family or you have a spiritual family. I know there's so many great people in Crossview here that we are their family. We are the ones that have adopted them. We are the ones who come alongside them. Regardless of what it is, we are to lead our family. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6. It says, these commands that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. We impress them upon the children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Every time you do, you're engaging your family in a conversation about who God is. We're to lead our families spiritual, spiritually. Verse nine, chapter, verse 9 says, Tie them as symbols on your heads, your hands. And bind them on your foreheads. Write them down on the door frames of your houses and your gates. This scripture is telling you, put God first and lead intentionally with your home. Not 
percentage, but 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days, you are a Christ follower no matter what, and you're leading your family to do that. Parents, let me ask you a question. Are you leading your children, or are your children leading you? Are you in charge, or are your kids in charge? Do they determine the outcome of life? Do you, here's, how, here's your test. Here's how you know. You're getting ready to go out to dinner, and you're going to go out and have a family dinner, but the kids act up. You say, nope, we're not going out. We're staying in. Why? Because they rule the home. And this is the challenge. As parents, we must lead, gentlemen, women, ladies, lead intentionally. The fact remains that God created you, dad, to be a father. And God created you, mom, to be a mother. And you are to be the front and not the tail. You are to be the lead, not in a jerkish way, not in a power struggle way, but in, let me tell you something, guys, if I can tell you anything, when you don't lead, when you don't lead with strength, when you don't call and you don't set the boundaries and you don't make it happen, you create insecurity inside your kids. You actually make them more insecure when you're not strong enough to say, nope, we're not doing that. This is where we're going because this is the right way to go. When you don't establish a, a sense of we're standing our ground because this is the right ground to stand on. Because this is what God has called us to do. Your kids feel insecure. And when you waffle, when you say we're standing here, but you, I'm going to wobble over here. Okay, we'll move over here. I'm going to go over here. When you waffle, when you start to become uncertain and teetering, your kids watch it, and they become some of the most insecure people we ever met. I firmly believe, I firmly believe, our world today and some of the things we're seeing happen around us, guys, first off, it's straight out of hell. It is not of God. This whole gender confusion is not from heaven itself. God does not, is not a part of this. But when adults can't say what it is, we build insecurity inside of our children and they don't know where to stand. It's why we have a drinking age. It's why we have an age that they can buy tobacco. It's why we set certain things, because we know as adults, that's bad for you. Don't do that. But then we have this child mutilation happening that is so evil and wrong, and it's messing our kids up for generations to come. Pastor Kevin, that's good preaching. Because here's the deal. If we don't stand, if we don't say no, that is not what God designed. There's no such thing as traditional family. There is God family. God created for a man and a woman to have children, to raise them, or if that doesn't work out, for a mother to raise them. But it's not made the way the world wants to say. And we get in this intolerance thing. We're like, oh, well, listen, guys, is it getting better? How's it working for you? How's it working for our culture? How's, how's the compromise working for us so far? Kids are more messed up. Kids are more confused. Kid, there's more kids on medication than ever before in history. There are more people that literally 
do not know their identity in Christ because adults around them won't say, no, that's not who God created you to be. Let's pray. I'll love you. Let's walk the journey together. But we're not going there because that's not where God wants us to be. I say that with every bit of passion that I have because, guys, we've watched since COVID the evil pour in. COVID was so much more than just a pandemic. There is a spiritual death that if we're not careful, it will be passed. Listen, people died physically, but a lot of people died spiritually during COVID. They lost the vision of what God wanted for their life. I mean, that's where you, have, you give people enough time to sit around and think up stuff, they'll think up stuff. They'll want to be a cat because they'll want everybody else to take care of them instead of taking care of themselves, right? They'll want to be a dog. They'll want to be, a, I mean, I'm just, it's amazing to me. It's, and, and it's just, I can't go, I won't go into too much details, but guys, and not only is it that, but do some research on it. I've done research on it. I know it's perversion at its deepest level. It's perverse. Some of the things that are taking place, parents, gosh, Parents, parents, we're going to pray for you. Parents, I cannot tell you I'm praying for you. Gosh, I, listen, when I was raising my kids, my parents said, I would hate to raise kids in that generation. I'm looking at you, I'll go, God, help you parents. Because they're being fed every bit of lie that they can to indoctrinate them, to make it believe that it's something, but it's contradictory completely to what God's word says. So we're going to lead intentionally. Philosophy of our family growing up was very, 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 very steadfast and very true. Here's what it was. We wanted to make family so connective that peer pressure is minimized on the outside. Because understand this, where the family unit is strong, peer pressure is minimized. Where family is weak, peer pressure is raised. It's increased. Whenever we are not building a strong family and we don't make them feel like, you know, you're a hard castle. What does that mean? It means nothing to anybody else. But to our family, it meant we were a hard castle. We, were, we had some strength. We had some grit to us. We're going to get through this. Were there challenges? Absolutely. Did we go through teen years like everybody else? Yes. But listen, let me tell you something. There's no such thing as perfect parents. There's no such thing as perfect kids. There's no such thing as, I'm one of them, uh, there's no such thing as any perfect person, but we are to lead intentionally to do family devotions. Set aside in your life to do family devotions or couples devotions. Set aside a time in your life where you're growing together, where you're, stru- you're challenged in, in keeping together. Here's one that our family always said is, uh, is we want to love God. We want to live lean, give generously. Live lean, give generously. I told this to my family over and over again. We're going to go without so that we can give and be more generous in what we can do because that's what God's called us to do. Laughed a lot. We laugh a lot in our family. We laugh at each other. And we laugh at ourselves. We don't take it real seriously. We don't get our feelings hurt and we don't, we don't walk around in the molly grubs because you know, my daughter said something to me that was hurtful and rude. She never does. She never does. She's amazing. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We laugh a lot. We have a good time. You know, Michelle's philosophy is pretty simple. Hug a lot. She thinks hugs fix everything. So hug a lot, love a lot. That's her. Um, But here's the thing. We cried together. 
We prayed a lot. We pray a lot together. I still, my daughter is 23 years old, has a full-time job, drives her job, and I do everything I can all the morning. I get her a drink in the morning. I get her her Coke from McDonald's before she goes. She's, she's not spoiled, though. Um, I get her her Coke before she leaves in the morning, and I pray over her still to this day because that's my girl. I pray for my son. I believe in the power of prayer. Lead intentionally. Lead intentionally. Know that that is where God's going to bless your life. Because if you don't, someone else will come in and peer pressure them. Someone else will tell them to go a different direction. Someone else will influence them where your influence is not because you didn't connect. You did not lead intentionally. You have to push your way in and lead intentionally with your kids. Love them. Love every part of them. Love them in their confusion. Love them if they're struggling with identity. Love them through it, but make sure you stand your ground and know where to direct them to what God says our identity is because that's the truth. That's the power. This is the manual. The Bible is our manual that we need. And I tell this story all the time because if you don't, a little bit of negative peer influence could change the whole course of their generation. And I tell this story, this analogy about a little boy, the 10-year-old boy that came to his mom and he wanted to watch a PG-13 movie. And the mom said, well, what, what's in the movie? He said, well, I think there's some cussing and there's some suggestive language and that kind of stuff. Maybe some nudity, you know, 10-year-old boy. That's what he was thinking. And so his mom's like, well, okay, you know what? Let's talk about it in a minute. Let me make you some brownies. I want to make you some brownies before we watch the movie. So she gets out the batter, and he's like, man, hot dog. I get brownies, and I get a PG-13 movie. This is amazing. So she's making up the brownies, smelling so good, and she gets it ready to go, and she says, go out in the yard. Do me a favor. Go out in the yard and get a, get a, get a piece of poop from the dog and bring in for me. She brings it in. He's like, what are you doing, Mom? She takes just every bit, a little bit of sliver, just pats the top of it and sticks it in the batter mix and mix it up. And the boy's like, Mom, what are you doing? I, we can't eat that. She says, why? He said, you put poop in the brownie. She said, well, just a little bit. Not that much. How bad can it be? He said, we can't eat it, but it's poop brownies, Mom. This is disgusting. You can't make me eat poop brownies. She goes, well, son, let me ask you a question. Just a few cuss words here and just a few suggestive language there, a little bit of nudity there. It's just a little bit. Does it really bother you? And he started putting it together because this is what we do if we're not careful. Just a little bit goes a long way to toxify and, and, and harm, and I would say corrupt the whole batch. And we as parents, parents, we're called to love God with all our heart, our soul, and our strength, and we're called to lead intentionally, to train. The Bible, Proverbs says, uh, train a child up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart. Now, we always take that as we're training them up in the word, but can I tell you something? Train means however you live in your home, you're teaching your kids to live that way when they grow up because you're teaching generations and generations and generations. A parent's priority is to transfer our, the dependence from us onto God, to lead them to love them, and to give them the tools they need. Now, here at Cross, let me tell you what we're committed to. We want to help you raise your children, but we are not responsible for raising your children. 
We're not responsible for teaching your kids God's words. You guys know that? We provide it. We give opportunity for it. But the best teacher, the best trainer is inside your home. It is not our job to raise your kids, but we're here to help you raise your kids. Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you. listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.